a maker. You're a hero. It's time for the Maker's Moment, a visit with one of Minnesota's many creators, artisans, and entrepreneurs who make the Twin Cities such a cool food scene. I make things. You're a genius. Make it. For more stories like this, check out Stephanie Hansen's podcast, Makers of Minnesota, on Podcast One or wherever you find your podcasts. Whoa, whoa, we are making it with makers. We have Molly Miller here today. She is the founder of Sift Gluten-Free Bakery. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So this is the time where a lot of people are, so their whole gluten-free thing, let's just break it down. Mm -hmm. There are people that don't eat gluten because they have intolerances. There are people that don't eat gluten because they have allergies. And there are people that don't eat gluten just because they feel like maybe it's not super healthy and gives them gas or whatever. Um, <laughs> I know that just kind of came out. So Molly, your gluten-free bakery, how did you get into the idea of feeling like we needed gluten-free? Because I feel like you were one of the kind of beginning mm-hmm. bakeries. Yep. Well, I have Crohn's disease. So celiac disease is when you cannot eat gluten because it's an, it's an allergy. Like it, it does, it eats away at your digestive system and your body has an autoimmune reaction. So I do not have that, but I have Crohn's disease, which is also a digestive disorder and going gluten-free tremendously helped me with my symptoms of Crohn's disease. Um, So I just, once I went gluten-free, I looked around and I loved baking and no one was really, you know, you could get certain things at the co-ops or Whole Foods, but nothing reminded me of like what I grew up with. Remember that when you had to like go to the co-op to get anything (laughs) that was like, out of the just basic norm. Right. Hippie food. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, I just started experimenting and mixing my own flowers together to try and find the right balance. And, um, yeah, one thing led to another. And I started selling at the Kingfield and Fulton Farmers Markets in 2013. And that led to growing the wholesale business. Our first clients were Peace Coffee and Two Dunn Brothers in South Minneapolis. And it was just like a waterfall from there with other coffee shops being in touch. And Yeah, because there yeah. weren't a lot of gluten-free options in coffee shops when you went to like pick right. up a quick snack while you were getting a cup of right. coffee. Right. It was kind of like the sad dried out option in the corner yes. and you don't know when it was packaged and where it was from. And yeah, so to have like a freshly made local treat is was important to me. And I, I didn't even realize how many people it was important for. So yeah. how did you get funding to start a bakery? I just did it all out of my own pocket. You totally self-funded. That's great. So I was working full time. Um, I was in advertising and book publishing over the years. And um, yeah, I just did it on the side. It was... um, Charge it on your credit card? Yeah, actually I did. I did (laughs) charge it on my credit card. And every, every farmer's market, I remember I would you know, make so much money and I would put as much as I could on that credit card. And by the end of that first farmer's market season, I had it paid off. Oh, good for but you. But it was every year, you know, as I grew the wholesale business or started, you know, when I opened the, the storefront, that was a whole different bank, bank funding help. Yep. So yeah, that's, that's very <laughs> different. But um, well, yeah, when I did it on my own, it was just, you know, constant making sure I was just putting money to pay it off and how yeah. early do you have to get up to run a bakery? <laughs> she was. We it's, were just talking about this. Yes. It, um, I would say the way we run things at SIF, the openers just have to be there about an hour to a half hour before we open. We actually do a lot of baking late the night before because one of the things I've noticed about gluten-free is that if you take a fresh cookie or a muffin right out of the oven and eat it, it can be very crumbly. Um, the flavors haven't developed yet. And so I think things benefit from sitting a little bit, at least an hour or two. 
um, especially for the crumbly factor. Right. Um, and then the flavors too are just more pronounced and interesting because you have, you're using all these different flours. Like our standard mix is brown rice, sweet rice, millet, sorghum, and tapioca flours. And so it's a lot more interesting than just using your standard white flour mix. You know, there's a lot more flavors to be developed there. And things react differently too. Like you've got a really delicious gluten-free brownie, but Mm -hmm. is that as easy to make or as difficult to make as like a donut? Yeah, I would say it's when it comes to like arising things, you know, it's it's the baking powder and the yeast and things like that that are going to help. Um, the gluten, I feel like, it does more with the structure. Um, like if you see those beautiful croissants and things, like that's that's when gluten I think is really helpful. You get this nice airy. Are there things structure. you don't make because they just don't translate? Um, we haven't experimented yet with croissants and like laminated dough. Um, it's not that they don't translate. I just think they take a lot more help mm-hmm. <laughs> and I and from a time perspective I'm just like I don't know if it's worth it yet for us to you know we might experiment with it but when it comes to making enough to sell and is it worth the price point and right. things like that we yeah. haven't kind of Balancing figured out, out that. the business of yes time and and product and then yeah what are people to, you know wanting that's huge yeah. yeah and that's one of the biggest learning things for me and a challenge is how do we make this you know feasible for us at, from a business perspective, but also give the people what they want. So we're talking yeah. to Molly Miller from SIF Gluten-Free Bakery. It's at 4557 Bloomington Avenue. Steph was asking about if focaccia is having a comeback moment. I might be having <laughs> my own personal focaccia comeback moment. That's why I saw the stuff you brought and I was like, oh yeah, but yes. I've heard. You brought some focaccia yeah. dough in here. What do you think? I did. I love it. I mean, we sell out of it almost every day. Ours is gluten-free and vegan. Um, and it's, I do think it's a very versatile bread. Um, you can use it for sandwiches, breadsticks, pizza, you know, it's great with soups and stews and, um, yeah, I do. And I think ours just has a great crumb and holds up. So I don't know if it's just gluten-free ours that's doing it, but if yeah. you've noticed it too in other ways. I did. Yeah. I've been seeing it popping up in places that I haven't, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, oh, they're putting out focaccia now. And I see it on some menus. I seriously think it's because of salt, fat, heat, and acid mm-hmm. because Samin makes it, you know, she goes through in, in the Italy episode and makes it. And I'm like staring at it going, oh God, I want to make some focaccia now. <laughs> and remember oh. like, when did focaccia first have its moment? Was it like in like 86? Yeah, it was. Well, we all had that med diet time where we were all like olive oil and, and you know, sun-dried pesto. Tomatoes what was pesto? Yeah, dried tomatoes. I had yeah. to italicize pesto at some point, you yes. know, when writing about it because it was so strange. Yeah. And then focaccia kind of came in. And then, of course, then we went into the, you know, the carb fear, you right. know, phase. And so that went away. But now I think because people are sort of identifying bread as not necessarily bad you right. know just as part of a healthier diet mm-hmm. and then also the the gluten aspect of it kind of brought in another edge to it but that really understanding it I think people are understanding it more I think so too bread in in a whole yeah. space well and let's be honest in this weather you want to eat bread you want bread <laughs> there <laughs> is something pasta. weird about like your body telling you things it needs and when it is super cold mm-hmm. It's not weird. It's totally normal. Yeah, like I just want to mainline carbohydrates. Right, That's why yeah. I had the cottage cheese noodles last night. Do you remember night, our potato discussion about it's potato season because your body yes. is telling you you want to start eating potatoes because you're bulking up? I love that yeah. about you. It's potato because season. Because you know that it's potato season. And yeah. when I'm like, oh, all I can do is eat, you're like, because, because it's potato season. season. Your body is saying, guess what's coming. Right. Yeah, and you need to you need to bulk up. Um, what is the number one seller in Sift Bakery? I would say our donuts are our top seller daily. Um, the cinnamon spice donut is my personal favorite for a while. I had one a day. <laughs> 
because a donut a day keeps the doctor away. Totally. Um, cinnamon rolls are also a huge seller. Um, right now, we're kind of bringing in some more citrus flavors. We have our Citrus Dream Bar, which is kind of like our take on a lemon bar. Uh-huh. Um, it has some orange in there. And then we also have a little grapefruit pound cake mini loaf. Yum. Um, and those just are great after the holidays. They kind of taste a little bit lighter and brighter. So, All right. Yeah. Uh, what is the hardest part about being an entrepreneur in the Twin Cities? Like, is there something you just really struggle with? Um, I don't know if I would say struggle, but I think the biggest, I've, I find that I, you know, I started this bakery to bake mm-hmm. and I actually am really enjoying the business side of things, which I think is probably a good thing. Yeah. Um, you're lucky because a lot of people struggle with their like one or the other. Right. Right. And so I, it's a, it's a balance to kind of keep my hands in things and keep baking, but also take the time to focus on the business aspect. Um, I think keeping employees is hard. Yeah. You know, that's always difficult, especially because we just have such a great team. So when someone leaves, it's it's like, no, you know, we yeah, want, we and you keep want them to forever. develop. But you right. are sad as like as a friend or as you want them to have growth and personal movement. Exactly. But then you're like, oh, darn it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just it's like we were talking before about making things worthwhile as far as. The baking and um, is it is it worth our effort and the price to sell these things and make them? You know, it's always it's it's kind of that. It's like the killing your babies, isn't that the term? It's like yeah, no, I want to make that, but it's not a big seller or it we kind of logical sense. You know, we saw this with Moochies deciding to stop doing oh, donuts. donuts because yeah. of a lifestyle choice that they were just killing themselves, closing mm-hmm. the restaurant and then waking up and doing donuts in the morning. Yeah. Uh, you have to make a lot of choices. Well, Molly, people can find your baked goods at uh, coffee shops all over town, as well yep. as your own bakery. Mm-hmm. Again, at Sift Gluten-Free Bakery. It's at 4557 Bloomington Avenue in Minneapolis. And it's Molly Miller. Thanks for being here today. Thanks and for having pick me. pick up some Sift Gluten-Free treats. We'll treats. be right back.